Hey everyone, it's Michael Antonovich with this week's episode of the Fly Racing Swap Moto Podcast, which is an hour-long phone call with RJ Hampshire. These last few months have been massive for RJ, as he left the Geico Honda team with a year left on his contract in order to join the Rockstar Energy Husqvarna factory racing crew. It was a deal that many knew about during the summer months, but per RJ, the ink wasn't dry on the contract until the very last race of the Nationals. Team changes had a major impact on Hampshire's life because with it comes a spot in Alden Baker's training program alongside Jason Anderson, Cooper Webb, Marvin Muscant, and Zach Osborne. To make the most of the opportunity, Hampshire and his wife have moved from Wesley Chapel to Claremont, which is about an hour drive, and has spent the last few weeks doing everything on Baker's schedule to be ready for the East Coast kickoff of the Supercross season. As you'll hear, Hampshire is already seeing physical changes thanks to the intensity of the daily workouts and the strict diet. Hampshire was widely expected to be a constant contender in the 250 class when he first signed a Geico Honda, but things didn't work out the way he and the team expected due to injuries to RJ or performance issues with the bike. All is still well between the rider and team, which is something RJ made clear when the topic of getting out of the contract came up, and that's a rare thing to see on our sport. Now on a bike that suits his riding style and increased confidence in his training program and himself, it's clear that RJ and the team at Husky have their eye on a title in 2020. Forewarning, there are a couple moments of like static or feedback from RJ's side of the phone call, which is understandable considering he was balancing our conversation and his newborn daughter at the same time. So yeah, you're going to hear a little bit of static or some feedback, but it's just kind of blow bright by that because... There's a lot of really good insight in this interview from RJ's reflections on his career so far, mistakes that he made, issues that he had, and other things that he's gone on to. You know, the last couple years he's been on his own, written his own training program, run his own track with a couple other people down in Florida, and he gave all of that up and left a lot of money on the table to go do this with Husky and Alden Baker. It's obvious that RJ has fully committed to this deal with the team and with the training program. And for his interest, I mean, this really has to work out. It's been a while that he's been right on the cusp of success, and it's come and gone at certain times, but it has to happen in 2020. 23 years old, he's not an old guy in the class, but he's been around long enough that he knows it's time to make something happen. No. All right, so joining me on the phone is Rockstar Energy, Husqvarna's newest addition, RJ Hampshire. Um, sounds like you have had a busy last few weeks, so just for everybody that doesn't know, can you give me a quick rundown of what's all been new in your life? Yes, yeah, so uh, signed with Rockstar Energy, Husqvarna Factory Racing, um, October 1st. Uh, had a baby, um, October October 27th, so we just had her. She's just over a week old right now. Um, moved from Wesley Chapel to Claremont, which is about hour 20, I'd say. Um, painted the whole house, new trainer, started, tra- started working with Alden and uh, everybody over at the Baker's Factory. Um, man, there's just been so much stuff going on, but hey, I'm stoked, thankful. Most of it's all done now, so just focus on the program. All right. Give me a breakdown on how this whole move from Geico Honda, who had been, you know, the team that had figured you out as an amateur and took note of you, uh, to Husky came up. It's pretty obvious. Everybody knows that the CRF 250R had been a little bit down on power and you'd been wanting more and more. We were pretty, we had had a lot of conversations about that over the last couple of years. Uh, this move to Husky though is huge. And now you are in what Bobby Hewitt has said, like the guy he's had an eye on because he sees after three years, you have the potential to be a championship contender this year or next. Yeah. 
I mean, honestly, like I, I've got a lot of respect for everybody over there at the Geico Honda tent, and uh, I've stayed along um, pretty much for the whole ride and just believed in what they said and um, thought a lot of things would change, and, and they did. You know, some guys came in and uh, some guys left, but all in all, like, man, we struggled, struggled bad. Um, I, I signed my extension. Um, it was promised a lot, and then didn't really get it and honestly we weren't gelling too well with um the manager at the time um then it just kind of went downhill like I my wife and I made a uh decision um back in February where it was like look you know we're gonna make a uh you know one of our biggest moves um that we've made uh together and in my career um made some phone calls and uh got out of my Geico contract, you know, pretty much right away. Uh, Jeff and Ziggy were, you know, they understood where I was coming from. And that's cool to have someone that, you know, would support it, even though like I'm leaving them and they brought me through the ranks, really. Um, they took a chance on me back as an amateur. So yeah, that's where it started. And I remember we were on our way home from San Diego Supercross. Um, just really didn't have a good night. Um, had some issues in the main event out the gate and, Man, I was I was pretty bummed, and uh, so we we're driving home. My wife and I were in the RV because uh, we were driving back to Florida at this point. And uh, yeah, like I said, we just made some phone calls and you know had a pretty good uh, serious talk. And it was like, look, we're gonna you know go all in, and we don't like I, I'm here to win. Like I don't really enjoy this as much whenever you know we're not even battling for you know wins or anything like that. Um, so yeah, we had a couple different options, um, but I knew. Actually, I didn't really know. I just was kind of hoping that if I did get this chance without him, I'd have to be on um, either Husky or KTM. So yeah, we took a big risk where it was like, look, I, I want to ride a Husky Barna, but I really want to train without him also. Um, and he he really didn't even have a spot open for me at the time. Like he doesn't take a two fifty guy, and he's got four 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 fifty guys. And uh, when I made that decision, it was, look, you know, this is coming without it. And really, they couldn't promise me anything. So, yeah, it was risky. And then I, I signed a letter of intent, um, I'd say the end of February, mm -hmm. March. Um, and honestly, just kind of sat around and knew a contract was coming, but didn't know when. And, dude, it took all the way up till Indiana. Um, I didn't even sign my contract with Husqvarna till Indiana. So, there's, there's a couple, you know, a little bit of scares. And then, um, yeah, I found out the week after Indiana that, you know, this opportunity without him was going to actually happen, which really was a big surprise. Um, and then, yeah, whole life change. Literally had to drop everything, um, find a new house, list my old house, uh, new trainer, uh, new mechanics, new bike. Like, dude, you name it. We, uh, we took it on and just thankful for it all now um yeah at the time we were uh, definitely stressing uh, my wife's she was eight months pregnant at the time um so we have a baby coming all these changes moving things need to get done and i mean i'm thankful that she was able to you know allow me to chase this you know opportunity and make it all happen the the fact of everything you just said, you know, it doesn't sound like it's that far Wesley Chapel to Claremont, but an hour drive is a big deal. You're not going to do that every day. 
Alden really doesn't want you to be too far off the reservation to say because he wants you to be there and be accountable with everything that's going on. I mean, for you to sell your house and move everything that you have, that's a huge deal. And to do it in that tight of a time frame with everything going on, like, how are you able to manage all that? Did you just have to get somebody to help you with that or did you just take it all on your own? And do they do they respect the uh, the dedication that you put into that? Because that's huge. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I mean, like I said, I found out, so that would be the end of August, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had literally a month to figure everything out. So I bought this house over here in Claremont before my, actually my house in Wesley Chapel hasn't even sold yet. Like we're under contract now. Um, but yeah, I listed that, bought this one before that even sold, um, just went under contract with that over a week ago. So that takes a lot of stress off us. Um, but I think it was just kind of just to show them like, look, I'm all in, you know, I'm, I'm not here to play games and, um, you know, I'm here to win really. Um, I'm going to do whatever it takes. And I, I had to earn my spot like out in, I, I truly think he tried to like kill me the first two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, dude, it was no joke. And like from everything from the bike rides to the gym, to the riding, like, dude, I think I did like seven 30 minute motos, uh, outdoors, like my second week riding. Um, just, I, I think it, kind of I got a lot of respect from him just to show him like look you know this kid is is here to really you know win he wants it bad enough um so I think it showed a lot like you know we're not here to play games Mm -hmm. as you came in and started the program you know Zach and Jason Marvin Cooper are his full-time main guys but they're all dealing with other things right now Marv's got a knee injury Zach and Jason are coming back from doing donations and all the other things that they have going on and Cooper had a knee injury as well, so you got quality one-on-one time with him for those first few weeks. Can you take me through that? Yeah, exactly. So, like I said, I didn't really know what the deal was. Um, I was actually going to get the full four spot uh, with the 450 guys at first um, and then ended up changing, and Anderson was coming back. So, uh, Alden luckily got it to work where Moseman and I both kind of came in on his program um, instead of having the 250, 250 program. Mm-hmm. Um, and sure enough, like I was the only guy here. So, like I said, I, I had to show Alden, like, look, you know, I'm, I'm here for it. I'm all in. Um, so I would drive, I'd make the drive from Wesley Chapel over here to Claremont, which is about an hour 20. Um, I mean, it's not too far, but it's far enough. To do it, yeah. Yeah. Just to drive over here, cycle for an hour and a half, turn around, drive all the way home or drive over here, do the gym, drive all the way back. And then it was like, um all my blood tests my doctors uh the gym like the gyms at the track uh it was it was cool though it was good for me to be able to have a lot of attention um from Alden and just like to show me the ropes and get me to where I needed to be so when they came back uh when Coop and Zacho came back I wasn't like a full fish out of water I mean I'm still I'm still not where you know they are Zacho Zacho almost killed me the first ride back but uh, definitely closer. Um, and like I said, I've been at, at it now for seven, eight weeks. Like I, these guys just started two weeks ago. But uh, Alden started me quite a bit earlier just to try to get me close um, to where I needed to be. So I can – I'm still suffering, don't get me wrong. But I can suffer and at least hang now, mm-hmm. uh, But which is a good – I mean, I'm, I don't feel so bad now as what I did those first couple of weeks. 
does that give you seeing how when these guys come back after some time away from the program, so to say, and you see how they're immediately able to just jump back right to where they were and be at a higher level than you, does that give you a lot of motivation to be like, oh, no, I'm getting to that level with some time and some hard work? Yeah, no, exactly. And that's kind of how I, I am. Like, I'm not going to lie right now. I, I kind of mentioned it before. Um, I, I feel the fatigue, like, late in the day uh, on the dirt bike. Like, it hits me like a wave. And uh, I've never felt like that before, especially during the week where, like, dude, my legs were, like, giving out and little whoops and stuff. It was like, man, you know, my body is actually – um tired like it, it's good though because i can already see myself um like i said the first couple of weeks like i was redlining now my body's strengthening it's getting used to it. it it like adapts a lot better to you know suffering and it's pretty much like i mentioned it to someone and it's like just learning how like your body's wanting to die but you're still like pushing and you're still able to focus and you know have that strength to you know get through it and that's where I'm at. Like, uh, each day I do feel better, but there's still fatigue. Um, and I honestly, I feel like it's going to take, you know, a week or two for me to actually get to where, um, you know, I'm feeling great at the end of the days. But like you said, uh, the hard work, you know, it'll pay off. And I, I see it like I'm not second guessing anything. Um, like I said, I told Alden, look, I'm here. I'm all in. I'm not, you know, whatever you tell me to do, I'm going to do whether that's go out sleep in the dirt like I don't care like you've got the results so I'm here to do it the uh the big thing that everybody always talks about is how those initial weeks are a shock and now they start once you get into it you start figuring it out because every guy that's been there has said that like you have to break through that first hurdle and be like okay it's this way all the time and I just got to deal with it so I it sounds like you're pretty close to that moment of breaking through soon um, but you, like you said, you've lost a considerable amount of weight. You went from what, 170 down to the one fifties now, and all that's through burning so many calories a day and a lot of portion control. So for people that don't know, like what's the Alden diet like? Um, I mean, dude, the first few days, actually the first couple of weeks were rough. Uh, I showed up like my first day with Alden. He uh, told me, he's like, look, you're going to be down to, you know, 152, 155. And I'm like, dude, you're crazy. Like, there's no chance. Like, I, for me to get under 165 at that time is, like, starving myself, not drinking water for a couple of days. Um, so then, yeah, he, he told me that, you know, gave me the diet and got started on it. Uh, it took me, like I said, about three weeks. And then, dude, I just started dropping. It got to a point where I, I had to ask him, like, hey, man, is this is this normal? Like, am I going to be all right? Um but yeah, so I'm actually, I'm down to 155 right now, which is over 15 pounds, um, since seven, eight weeks ago, uh, with, like you said, if you would have told me that eight weeks ago, I would have been like, dude, no chance. Like I would have put thousand dollars on it. Like there's no chance that's happening. Um, sure enough, like dude, we're there right now. I'm strong. My energy's high. Uh, like I said, I'm, I'm a little late. Uh, I feel the fatigue late in the day. Um, but not strength wise. It, it's it's weird. It's hard to really explain it. Um, but I'm my body's never gone through this before. So it's just my body adapting, learning, uh, progressing. Like, dude, everything. It's such a big shock um, to myself and my wife. Really, I mean, my wife's actually she's doing the whole whole diet with me also, which helps oh, wow. out big time. Yeah. So that's huge. And she was pregnant and did it with me. So. 
uh, make definitely makes it a lot easier. I think the fact that you just said that, that your wife, who is a very, like, she's in the medical field, so it's not like she's just some whatever. You know, she knows what's going on. She understands certain things. Am I wrong on that? She's in the medical no. field? No, yeah, dental. Okay. So she understands, like, hey, there's certain things you can and can't do for, like, a health reason. The fact that she would be willingly getting on the diet that is so gnarly shows like, hey, this is not this crazy crash diet that Alden's, maybe everybody thinks it is. Like, this is a legit deal. There's some science behind it. There's some, like, reasonable thinking, right? Yeah, yeah, no, big time. Um, yeah, there's a lot more to it. And, dude, if it wasn't for my energy being this much higher, then I may have, you know, not not necessarily not have done it, but would have definitely shortcutted it a bit. Where it's, dude, I've been eight weeks now, and I don't think I've even had, like, a really cheat cheat meal at all so that was that was the thing for me is even my wife it was like look you know we're we're doing this to go out there and um you know to win so we're gonna put everything into it this off season and uh pretty much do what you're told it's it's kind of dude it's it's such a big difference going from my whole program like dude i did my own deal for three years pretty much Mm -hmm. um like, I did what I wanted. Like, yeah, I trained hard. I felt like I, that's what I knew. Like, you don't really know anything else. Um, to now, it's like I get my program. I have it all scheduled for the whole week. And, you know, if he wants to change it, he changes it. And I, I literally, I just do what I told, I'm told. I show up at the track. Track's ready to go instead of me having to work on it and, you know, worry about people coming out to ride or, you know, my bike or something, something just I shouldn't be worrying about mm-hmm. where it's now it's a hundred percent focus on me being a better person on the bike, off the bike, you know, my family, this new baby, um, dude, just so much, so much has changed. And like I said, I'm, I'm so excited for it. It was, it was definitely stressful, um, for my, for myself and my wife. I mean, dude, she's pregnant having to move a whole house with a baby now. Um, so, but yeah, it's it's cool. Okay, so you did your own program. I remember you had your own track. You did all that stuff. And when you broke away and did your own deal, it was pretty big. De- it was a pretty big thing because not a lot of riders willingly take that accountability onto themselves. Was there anything in Alden's program without giving away too many secrets that you could have come up with on your own, or is it like he really has some kind of secret formula that everybody's gonna figure that like only he can figure out? No, I mean, there's no really secret to it. I mean, the main thing I feel like is he holds you accountable. And uh, like I said before, like, dude, I had so much going on before um, where I couldn't necessarily just focus on going out there and riding or training or um, just a lot of a lot of stuff that shouldn't have been on my mind. Mm-hmm. Where it's here, it's, dude, he's got the track guy, uh, a mechanic, like he deals with all of that. Uh, you know, tells them when we're riding, where we're riding. Uh, like I show up, I know how many laps I'm doing today. Um, and it's just, like I said, it's countable. Like he, he knows his stuff and he's got it all lined up. And dude, when I, the first day I went out to his place, like, you know, people say how expensive it is or whatever, but it's like, dude, he puts it all back into his place. Like if you've ever been there, you see this, it's literally like a Disneyland for dirt bikes. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, dude, it's insane. And then even the 250 side, like our 250 garages, it's awesome. Like, I couldn't, there's no chance that, you know, I can go somewhere else and get something like this. Even my place back um, before, 
like I, I put, so I'll just give you a little rundown. I, I did a three-year lease at my place before, bought my equipment, did my track, everything. And yeah, I put quite a bit of money into it these first two years. Uh, this third year, I was going to make a lot of my money back. Like I was almost going to break even um, in my whole deal. So that's another thing that was pretty big in a you know risky decision is we had to we literally dropped a whole year like this this whole last year was supposed to be my you know payback and uh like i got lucky enough that randy yoho the owner of the property um kind of bought my equipment back from me and took care of me for the year uh but like like just kind of looking back at how dedicated we are you know it's not just me it's you know the whole family Mm -hmm. um this is all great. I mean, to hear how into it you are is huge. I think that a lot of people from time to time just think like, yeah, the writer just wants to show up and get their stuff done. But like, you're making a lot of commitment to do this. And I, and by all measures, this, this should pay off. And we'll, we'll discuss more about that going forward. Um, with the Husky deal, I mean, you've been from the outside looking in, seeing how KTM and Husky have built their program up over the last few years. What was the big enticing thing that you're like, I have to be on one of those bikes next year? Dude, honestly, you, like, yeah, they're awesome bikes on outdoors, too. Um, but you see the cornering and the Supercross, like, I don't I don't know if it's a chassis or the suspension, or just probably the whole package. They're able to stay so low, and through the rhythms, it's always, like, they're driving through. Um, and, I mean, look at Zacco. The dude revved his bike through the moon and won three championships on it. Um, so I feel like, I mean, you've heard me, uh, I rev a lot on my, on the Honda. Um, and I, I feel like, well, actually I know now that all the power on this Husky is in the revs. Mm-hmm. So if it's my riding style a lot better, um, instead of upsetting my chassis, it's actually working better with it where I feel like back on the Honda, um, we actually struggled a bit with that. Cause I high in the revs, the frame just tightened up and, um, would always jack everything else up. But it wasn't just one thing. I mean, dude, just a combination. Um, talked with Bobby quite a bit, uh, Scuba, the whole team. I mean, you think about it, uh, Honda's so big, and, you know, they are focused on dirt bikes too. But, dude, KTM and Husky, like, they this are dirt bikes. Yeah. yeah, like, dude, they're putting everything into this. So, uh, yeah, just another reason. I mean, it's, it's cool to see. Like, we have a guy from Austria here right now working on some things um, just to see how – dedicated they are and i'm not saying like these other teams aren't but it's cool just i mean we're literally that's how they run their business um not necessarily having five or six other things going on yeah i think the other big thing too is you guys there's so many resources for them to pull from like and this is not a knock on any other manufacturer like you said but everything ktm and husky have there's a shared line of communication from america through the race teams through the european race teams all back into one central office that then gets fed out to where it needs to go yeah exactly and that's that's a cool thing too it's like i was i was talking to scuba about um like setup like i i heard this but i didn't know if it was for sure i'm like hey so say i wanted olsen's outdoor setting from gps last year can you guys make that happen he's like dude no problem like we literally have it all right here. So that's cool just to know, like, the guys from over in GPs, they spend all year on these chassis and these bikes. Um, and we can take their uh, testing and they can take ours. So it's literally like we have the best of both. Mm-hmm. 
Um, have you gotten to spend much time with the team? I know, I know that they're everybody's based in California, but you have like a practice bike mechanic and a very good crew that's in Florida. But then again, it's not like you've gotten to go to the races and be around Bobby and Scuba and and everybody like that. Yeah. Um. So it's actually a funny story. I mean, I spent a week, uh, not even four days out in California. Um, got to ride two days of outdoors and, um, I actually wasn't supposed to ride supercross. Like my plan was just to go there and ride outdoors and learn the bike and then fly home. Well, uh, then I showed up and Bobby and Scuba are like, Hey, so look, we want you to get on some supercross this week. Um, you know, is that all right? So it's like, all right, first week on the job, like, yeah, whatever. I'm fine with that. Then come to find out it's a brand new supercross track. So, oh, so you're the brand new, you're the guinea pig. Yeah, band. yeah, brand new supercross track. I mean, everybody knows it's a little sketchy, like steep. Whoops, are probably pretty big. So now I'm out there on a new bike, new team, new track. This is Thursday, so I rode Monday, Tuesday outdoors, and I felt awesome, like sweet. Um, so before I even get like my boots on to go out there first time on the track, uh, Ian um, from KTM, Roger. Uh, Bobby, some Austrian guys, like, dude, everybody comes walking up the hill to come up to watch. It's like new kid on the block, new track, <laughs> and now I have to go out here. Oh, man, like, I, I feel like I handled it pretty well, but if it it was me three years ago, oh, my gosh, they wouldn't even have had a rider at the end of the day. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, so that that's really it. I mean, I, I talked to Scuba quite a bit. Uh, Scuba's actually here in town for a couple weeks. So that's cool. Uh, but yeah, no, it's awesome. It's a, a good relationship already. Uh, I'm actually, so I was trying to bring Keith, my mechanic over with me mm-hmm. um, from Geico and that ended up not working out, uh, which I was, I was bummed about, but um, you know, just the opportunities that came with this, I, I couldn't turn it down. And now uh, Pat, I don't really, we haven't really got to spend much time together, um, but Pat's my guy for this year, um, race guy. And then, my practice guy actually changed also so uh my buddy dj was actually working for me for the last three years and that was like my best friend so uh he went another way and um yeah i i hired a a new guy here that was already working without him last year which was uh shane's practice guy okay so just kind of yeah just a guy guy that knew the bike already and uh knew where we were at knew the place knew alden um so it was a good fit Okay, these last few years, um, there have been some flashes of brilliance. I mean, there have been, and, and you win the Florida GP and all that stuff by in a pretty dominant way. The Florida race this summer, you know, even though you crashed, it was a good result. So there's no question that you have speed and that you know what to do out there. But unfortunately, I mean, and you know this, the results just haven't come. You haven't won the races that you a guy of your caliber has won yet or deserved to win or needs to win or whatever. Was it hard for you to convince them, like, hey, take a shot on me. I know there's way more here. Or did they understand, like, hey, man, he's a little rough around the edges and we'll break this out? Yeah, I mean, honestly, so I'll tell you, there's a couple options for me to go to. And Bobby's always been super interested. Um, We talked a couple years ago also and just ended up not um, playing out in our favor. But uh, I think they can tell and they knew how, um, you know, ready I am to really go out there and do this. We, uh, I think a lot of guys see what has happened uh, the last couple of years. Um, Things out of your not, control. Yeah, like 
there was so much stuff going on and honestly like this year was just kind of like the breaker to it um 17 was really really rough for me also uh but was kind of promised a lot with this new bike and um then hit another obstacle with you know people coming in and out and uh yeah like i, I don't want to talk bad about them because they they really did do a lot for me over the years and mm-hmm. like i have a massive respect for them but yeah it just wasn't wasn't going the right direction and dude like this year was like i said it was a breaker like i cried more times this year than i pretty much have my whole life just and i'm not an emotional guy it was just like it was so much on me um where i mean dude during outdoors there was times where it was like man i don't even i don't even really want to ride right now um just because everything going on like it was out of my control and i mean really the team didn't know what what else they could do um like it was dangerous it was really dangerous at a point so yeah i think just everybody kind of knew what was going on and seen it um i i tried like i i already knew i was leaving at this point so i was gonna you know finish the season out no matter what and i feel like i was trying like each weekend i was there to go out there and try to win at least do my best um which definitely showed i mean we i already had my deal done um i mean me on my final contract wasn't signed yet but you know i I promised the team like look i'm not gonna pretty much throw in the towel like we're gonna go out there and battle and do what we can how frustrating okay chase is winning he wins a championship he's in the mix you know there's there's evidence that the bike can win races how frustrating was it for you personally to be like what the hell like i see him doing this why can't i do this like did you ever just like beat yourself up over that or did you realize we're two completely different people and me trying to set myself to his standards is not going to do anything well for me no um so the last three supercrosses i got the bike that i wanted that i should have had from the beginning um and i went what i go two four two or something like that Mm -hmm. so there was just like i said it was things that was out of my control and um you know i i actually got chase um you know we we were having an issue with the motor sort of not the motor but um something involved there and he ended up going racing round one from east coast with it um i didn't end up getting that till texas so texas was the first round that i got that with and i went out there and got a second so like i said just just a lot of things going on and you know my bike back at home wasn't even close to what i was racing and i i can just keep going on but it's not yeah yeah it's yeah yeah it's not worth like getting yeah yeah like you're not gonna air everybody's dirty laundry out because like and it's unfortunate because i think a lot of people don't know from the outside looking in that the team went through a lot of struggles this year you know there was a lot of management changes there was a lot of staffing changes other things going on you know christian's deal injuries things like that you know it's things that when it's a collective effort and there's 20 30 people working towards something yeah things are gonna happen well uh i got one more question on this and then we'll switch it over to another topic you and I talked after Ironman and you expressed to me like, Hey, I'm not an emotional guy. Like what you said earlier, when you had to call Jeff and Ziggy, two guys that have had full faith in you, I mean, that had to be a hard phone call, but from what you said, they were pretty understanding and supportive in what you needed to do. I mean, they let you out of a contract early. Yeah, definitely. And that's, that's the thing. Like I kind of told myself like, look, I'll give myself five, five years supercross. And if I don't win a win a race, then it's time to find something else. And, I I feel like I, not necessarily like I had the speed to, but I definitely was in the right um, situation. Yeah, Yeah, like 
round one, 2018, dude, I led 15 of the 18 laps and got passed by Zacco, uh, lap 16, I think. And then I crashed and got a fourth or something like that. So that was definitely my closest win, but yeah, that call I made, um, it's actually funny. Like I was talking on the phone with Jeff, uh, driving the RV and like, dude was so like kind of focused on the conversation, the trucker next to me, uh, dude, we like hit mirrors going down the highway, (laughs) going down the highway. I was like, Oh crap. Like, hold on, Jeff, let me call you back. And then, yeah, just, it was, it was cool. Like not cool, but, um, you know, just respectful really, um, just for them to kind of see where I was coming from and, um, understand while I was, you know, making this decision and, um, yeah, just support me. Really. Uh, I kind of talked to Jeff and was like, look, you know, here's what's going on. You know, what do you think, um, kind of my best outing would be? Uh, and he agreed with pretty much everything. Um, you know, they, they were bummed. I'm not saying that they wanted me to leave, but they were definitely bummed that I was. Um, but they understood, which was a lot of stress off me. Um, and it was like, we could leave on good terms. Mm -hmm. All right. We're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, uh, we're going to talk more with RJ Hampshire, more about the future. It's good to hear that the program's all taken care of, but you actually already know like a East coast next year and all the things that are going on. So give these commercials a listen. We'll come back and we'll hit it from there. Hey, SWAT Moto listeners, this is Zach Osborne, rider for the Rockstar Energy Husqvarna factory racing team. I love my FC 450 race bike, but I also love the FC 350. It has the handling of a 250 and the power of a 450, making it the perfect bike for both professional and amateur riders. Right now, Husqvarna Motorcycles is giving SWAT Moto listeners 1,500 reasons to get a brand new FC 350. Hurry into your local authorized Husqvarna Motorcycles dealer to find out more on the limited time offers available to get you on the track today. For over six decades, Scott Motorsports has pushed the limits of innovation, providing our customers with the most advanced technology available. Scott is honored to be the exclusive eyewear sponsor of the SWAT Moto Live podcast. Athletes such as Chad Reed, Justin Barsha, and myself, Adam Cientrillo, require the best performance, which is why we choose the Scott Prospect Goggle. Recognized as the number one goggle in racing, Scott is proud to be made in the USA. Check out scott-sports.com and see their complete line of high-performance goggles. Hey guys, Hunter Lawrence here. Lately I've been spending a whole lot of time at the mountain bike trails and the local area on my intense primer and the thing's badass. For how good it is going up the hill, it's uh, amazing coming down the hill. It's uh, comfortable, nimble and it doesn't feel uh, like you're going to go over the bars every five seconds. Uh, all their bikes in their lineup are awesome. So, yeah, you're ready to get serious about training on a cross-country bike or crushing lap times at your local trails. Or if you want to go a bit further, longer and faster, they, they just brought out a new Taser e-bike, which is, uh, yeah, everyone's given the double thumbs up on. So head down to your local Intense dealer or, or purchase uh, directly at IntenseCycles.com. Check it out, guys. What's up? This is Christian Craig. As a motocross racer, Being in top physical shape is a must, and my favorite way to train is cycling. And whether it's road biking or mountain biking, I rely on Roy Cyclery to keep my bikes in perfect running order. Roy Cyclery has been servicing Old Town Upland, California since 1962. Mention the Swap Moto Live podcast for additional discounts in the shop. Hey, what's up guys? Malcolm Stewart. 
Worst Connection has been building the best aluminum parts in motocross for the last 30 years. From the awesome Pro Launch Start device and their original adjustable clutch perch assemblies, I am proud to use it on my Motoconcept Honda. Check them out at WorksConnection.com. What's up, Swap Moto fans? The Toyota Escondido Action Sports team supports some of the biggest racers in the sport, like Aaron Plessinger, Shane McElrath, Dean Wilson, Axel Hodges, Colt Nichols, Brian Deegan, and more. With over two decades of supporting racers, we've become known as the place to buy a Toyota truck in Southern California. Toyota Escondido is a proud sponsor of the Swap Moto Live Show, and all you have to do to get the best deal on a quality Toyota truck is mention the show and tell them you want the action sports special. Check us out online at toyotaescondido.com for more. All right, thanks for going through the commercials. We're back with RJ Hampshire. Uh, we've By now, you've heard everything that's gone on with his transition from Honda to the Husqvarna. Uh, and now it's it's about time to go racing. We're quite a while out, though, because despite all the work you're putting in, East Coast is what you're set to do right now, right? Yep, yeah, so that was kind of what we were going for. Uh, give me more time on the dirt, on the bike, learn it a bit, learn the team. And uh, Michael, actually, I believe he wanted to race West. Uh, and he's got a house out there. It makes it easier. Um, even though I will be spending all of January out there with uh, Alden and them. But still, yeah, so I'm uh, planning on racing East. For you right now, you know, you've been at this for so long at a high level. You've experienced, you know, the rookie issues, the growing years, everything that's gone on with that. Do you feel like finally, whatever point of your career you're in now, like it's time to be a front runner guy and there's no excuses as to why you wouldn't be? Yeah, 100%. I mean, dude, after my rookie year, whenever I had that TBI, like it uh, it took a lot out of me and it took me a lot to get back to where I, I feel like I should have been all along. Um, and then I felt like I got to where I needed to be, where I could actually win and just a lot of other things were going on. Um, and that was what kind of sparked this whole big change. Like, look, I want a full restart. Um, it was time to change everything from – team mechanics i mean dude i mean the only ones that i still have right now are my agent and uh, my financial guy like other than that i'm clean slate which i i 100 think was needed um to get my head focused on you know racing dirt bikes and a lot of the time i feel like it wasn't there was a lot of uh you know outside things that were coming in and just just a lot of it's dude it's crazy how mental it is this this sport you know, we, we train so hard, and then if you're not mentally ready for it, your whole weekend's destroyed. So that's where I'm at is, look, I'm, I'm here to win now. Um, you know, I'm doing what it takes. Like, literally, I'm working with the best trainer there is um, on one of the best teams there is. So no excuses, really. Um, we're just going out there to do the best we can now. When you won the GP in Florida, did you have you identified all the things that led to you winning? Like, do you feel like there was some breakout things or some specific things that helped you get those wins? And have you been able to duplicate that stuff? Or is it like, uh, yeah, it was just a great day and I did what I needed to do? Um, Honestly, it was a lot of frustration. Like, dude, we had some issues again on Saturday before the uh, Sunday race um, where I showed up Sunday on a new, new bike and literally as we were going racing, uh, not really confident in mm-hmm. what we had um and just really didn't care you know i'm pretty much at my home race i have all these fans here and 
I don't really know what sparked it though. Like I was just out there having fun and I actually went to like the walk of Flocka concert the night before just cause, like <laughs> I was, cause you could. Dude, yeah. Like, I mean, we were there for fun really. Um, my wife and I, we stayed in the RV, uh, brought the dogs up. So it was kind of more of like a vacation deal. And sure enough, that's whenever I ride my best. Um, but then again, like at the end of 2018, you know, I got that feeling back where it was like, all right, like we can, we can go out there and, uh, win this. Like, uh, I'm confident enough to go out there and do it. And we did it at Bud's, which was huge. Um, you know, I felt like I was, it, it sucked because it was so late in the season, but you know, that was a big step in my career. And then, uh, to back it up the next weekend with a second at Indy, um, like, dude, we had big, like, big hopes after that. Like, dude, we were coming into 2019. Uh, you know, we just finished 2018 on a 1-2. Like, I'm supposed to be one of the guys. And then pretty much and it sucks, dude, because the media media just talks you down, like, the whole offseason. Like, dude, I didn't even feel like I was involved. And then, sure enough, like, they were right. Like, dude, I wasn't even close to where I should have been, I felt, um, which was a bummer. And then – I kind of, I, I, like you said, I had sparks here and there, but nothing really where I should have been. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple things that like, as you and I've had conversations over the years, and even just in this one that like, I want to hit on because we have the opportunity, the media thing, do you put a lot of stock in what we say, or are you able to tune us out? Because I know there are certain instances where it's like almost impossible to get away from it. And some guys are a little more vocal than others, you know, and we all, and I'm friends with those people, so it's not like I'm smack-talking anybody. But for you as a racer, are you able to be like, yeah, yeah, what these people see on a Saturday is not it totally inclusive or representative of my entire life and my entire results sheet? Yeah, I mean, big time. Like, it's it's so hard for me to show my life on Instagram or on social media. And then, like, you have all the media guys come in and, like, it's tough to talk to someone whenever they ask a question, they insult you, but then it's like, okay, now answer it respectfully without like biting somebody's head off. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, but you just insulted me on how, you know, okay. Yeah. You just won this race, but it only took you this eight years to do it. Like, where have you been? Like, it's just so much that like, I honestly didn't really, kind of look at the media um a lot like i don't watch races on the tv um and if i do i won't uh really listen to it listen to them Mm -hmm. um i watch them just kind of silent and then it's not necessarily like it it like bother yeah it does bother me but i'd just rather not hear it like i'd rather just go on without knowing what these people think or you know what they have to say like I'm going to look at you differently now. Like there's some media guys where it's like, all right, like I, I like you, but now I can't really. Cause I look at you differently. Like how you just came about that was like, we're human too. Like the same as you, like it's, it's tough. I mean, I know it's like, we're racing professional motocross too. So it's like, dude, we have to like, there's a lot of people that look after us and, you know, want to be like us. So I get it. I mean, you've got to get the views too uh which a lot of like that's what the fans want i guess um but yeah i mean i don't know if that answered your question no it does no no it does because like from my personal style 
And I mean, I think everybody that's watched or read or whatever enough of my articles, like, I just want to give you guys a platform. Like, hey, here's black yeah, and white. It, what happened? Just you tell me. Like, we all saw what happened, but give me the background information that led to this because yeah, I'm exactly. not going to draw my own conclusion because it's probably going to be wrong because I haven't been there putting in the work with you Monday through Friday. Yeah, and it's like, okay, now how you just went about it, getting to your like your question, now it's like I can't even answer it with how I wanted to or how it actually happened. Like now I've got to go the whole political and, you know, sponsor and, you know, I've got to go that route instead of, you know, what it actually occurred. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's tough, but I, I'm five years in now, so I kind of know how to go around it where it's just, I try not to put myself in a situation like in it, for instance, reading articles or, um, things like that. Like, yeah, I still do. Like, don't get me wrong. Um, like I'll take a look at some things, but other things I would just rather not read. Um, and vitals like hundred percent, like I won't read the forum. Like there's no chance I'm ever going to go to that. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's, I mean, it's just, you got to figure out. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, I, like, like I said, I'd rather not, not deal with it if I don't have to, like, yeah, if it gets thrown in my face then all right, then I will. But I'm not going to be over here reading articles and searching for things where they talk about me. Mm -hmm. Uh, second thing, Ashley is such a huge part of your program. And I mean, that's obvious. She's your wife and everything, but the things that you guys have gone through in every way, shape and form, she's not somebody that showed up in the last few years. She's been with you from the bottom to the top through the injuries, through everything that's gone on. And she's fully committed. I mean, she drives across the country in a motorhome with you, goes on this diet. How massive is it for you to be like, I really do have my biggest fan in my back, like right behind me at all times? Yeah, it's huge. And honestly, I think it took, you know, a couple of years to really see that for both of us. Um, and she understands like her part now and, um, you know, what's, you know, what I like and, you know, when to separate my work from my home life um and honestly this baby now it's it's such a life change um but i don't know many people that would move um eight months pregnant and literally drop everything we know um and take such a risk like that like dude we could have been in big trouble if i mean not big trouble don't like go down that road but just say my house doesn't sell uh i don't get bought out of my lease I can't sell my skid steer and whatever. Uh, like, now you're a lot of money wrapped up in that, dude. Yeah, like, dude, I'd be in, I'd be, you know, struggling. But I mean, she kind of, like I said, that talk we had where it was like, look, we're going all in. Um, she believed in me, and we believed in each other. So that was uh, a lot of stress off me, really. I mean, yeah, it was super stressful, but that took a bit off where it was like, okay, she's committed as much as I am now, um, and. You know, we're starting a family, uh, fresh start in new place, a uh, new trainer, new team. I mean, you couldn't really write, you know, a better story. Uh, and like I said, whether we go out there and, you know, just say I don't really put in the results that I'm, you know, everybody's expecting of me. Like, we didn't do anything wrong. Like, we literally did what, you know, everything we could. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we're not holding back one bit. Okay. Uh, last thing of those three topics, and then we'll start wrapping this up. When the brain injury happened at straight rhythm, 
I remember that it took a long time for you to come back and it got to a point where you're just like, I don't want to talk about this anymore. I don't want this to be like the stigma of my career and the only thing that anybody focuses on. I want to get past that. I haven't discussed this thing with you in, in years. Um, looking back on it now, are you like, wow, if I can get around that, I can get around anything? Yeah. I mean, like people don't really know how much it actually affected me. Like, dude, for my whole second year, like I barely remember racing my dirt bike and I was out there, you know, trying to be as competitive as I could be racing for, I mean, outdoors, I was like 10th or 12th, like, dude, I was out of it. Um, and not, because like I wanted to be out there at a risk it was just I didn't know like I was so kind of thrown in a loop with everything like my doctors I got flew to Michigan for my doctor um like I went to one of the best guys that I could and did everything right but it just I wasn't feeling normal like I wasn't feeling how I do now um I struggled with memory bad like my childhood like I lost a lot of that um and I didn't really realize how much it affected me like my rookie year I landed on the podium on Supercross and I felt like I was pretty good like I mean I wasn't terrible um, by no means and then my second and third year dude they were they were awful I mean people look at the results like they weren't they weren't great at all um I spent a lot of my time injured but even when I was out there like I didn't really have any speed or nothing um but kind of all came back like just slowly and surely like people wanted to blame a lot of different things um but I, I was working like I was doing what I could everything I knew uh and then you know my fourth year really like the whole supercross deal came back to me like I started feeling better on that um showed up and then I was I was riding well like I almost won round one in 18 um my second round I think was Tampa rode well there just was like stupid mistakes um then sure enough daytona i had that that another big one where it could have been really bad again where i hit my head um but i mean just constant you know something and you know i i I do all the tests i do everything from my head just to try to make sure i'm not gonna yeah yeah like i'm not going down a bad path or i'm gonna be affected you know, 10 years from now, like at a young age, like, dude, I'm only 23. So I don't want to be having head injury or head problems when I'm 33. Like, mm-hmm. I, I mean, we're probably all going to have some at some point whenever we're, you know, 60, 70. But, um, that's the main thing right now. Like even for, uh, before Redbud this year, uh, we flew up to Michigan, um, to that doctor up there and he's got a full on, uh, like Institute and all these tests and stuff. And, we did a, a full checkup on my brain and um, just to kind of get that clarity for myself, uh, just to know like things are going good. Like I'm not, you know, out there at a huge risk or anything like that, um, which is cool because he like checks my brain size and do all these CT scans and uh, the 3D or 3T MRI. Um, I did a pretty much like an EKG for your brain. Mm-hmm. I forget the name of it but they show like the brain waves and um like how activity yeah yeah which was super cool like i think there's only like five in the whole country that they have um but just cool like to i'm honestly i've learned so much about my brain since the injury um where now it's like i i feel like i can help someone like if they actually have it uh but no it's 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 good now like i'm 
I don't have any effects. Uh, I'm feeling good on the dirt bike and don't try not to really think about it now. Like we're, we're past it. Uh, um, I'm not using that as an excuse for really anything. Like we're, we're all, we're all out there racing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, but yeah, that's no, just, that's just more background though on like, Hey, you, you don't want to tell everybody these things and it's not something that you want to have the whole world see your life and see every little going on, but you have to kind of pick and choose when you're going to let that be out there because it, it explains a lot of stuff. You know? Yeah. Like, dude, there's no, there's no chance I could have said that whenever I was, you know, in a contract year, like, yeah, I don't, I could barely remember my whole last year racing. Like, dude, there's races that go by where it's, I don't even really remember. Um, it's not that I'm not there while it's happening. It's just like, after I pull off the track, it's like, man, I can't recall what just happened. Like, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I just kind of kept it in and didn't really say much. Um, I mean, really my wife was really the only one that kind of knew about it. Uh, but yeah, that was really my second, second, third year. Um, but after that, like, like I said, I, I've done all the tests and everything. My, my brain's good. I feel normal. Um, I can remember pretty much everything. Uh, definitely. I mean, like, like I said, we might have issues later on, but as of now, yeah, I mean, we're, we're normal. Hey, so you're not racing anything between now and the first East coast race. Uh, even though you did have some offers to go over to Paris this weekend or down to Australia in place of Dean or Zach or whatever. So talk to me about these races a little bit. You've gotten to do them before. How exciting is it for you as a racer to go to these foreign countries and see all this stuff, you know, line up at Paris. It's, it's cool races. They're way different and they're a completely different deal. It's hard to explain unless you go do one. Yeah, man, it's awesome. Like I've never even been out of the country until I went to go race those. So uh, my first time was, oh, actually we went to Canada for one supercross, but my first time was the trip down to Australia and dude, it's so much fun. Just you're there, you're not, you know, stressed out about going out and, you know, having to win or try to win. Like you're out there just to ride and, uh, um, just the atmosphere is a lot different. Like dude, the people overseas, they're, they're so stoked just to see you there. Um, I'm not saying that it's not the same here in Florida or in the States, but there's 20 guys that they're there to see where it's over here in the, when you go overseas, there's maybe three or four. Um, so there's a lot more attention to it, but you know, there's, there's quite a bit of risk and where I'm at right now, it's like, dude, I'm not close to where I need to be on the dirt bike, um, to go out and win. Like I, I'm close to where I was last year, if not better already, but, um, you know, I wasn't winning last year. So, uh, we definitely have a lot more progress and I feel like just going over to do those, like it's a pretty big, um, commitment. Like you have to fly cross sea, um, and that'll hurt probably, I'd say four or five days. Uh, by the time you get there, race, um, sometimes they're two, two motor or two days or whatever. Um, but yeah, we're just fully focused on supercross right now. Uh, I mentioned it to Alden too. And like, I was pretty much already out and then Alden really shut it down. So, uh, <laughs> that shows you where we're at. Um, will you watch those races and like looking at the guys that are on the list, you know, Chad, Jason, uh, Dylan, you know, the guys that are going to be racing, like, do you see those things as a big barometer of where you need to be when you line up for those? Or is it just like, Hey man, it's another race, just another Saturday. Well, I mean, dude, honestly, the one, the races I've done have been so bad. Like my bike, uh, Canada last year, first lap of practice, my bike bogged out on me. Was this so the I Montreal big, one? 
yeah, I had a massive crash first lap of practice, and I literally was going out there like, yeah, I want to win, but I'm going to go out there, have fun. So that just changed my whole night. And then, like, Australia, when I was there, first moto, had a big pile of first turn, hit my head. Um, Paris, something else happened. So it's not – I they've been awesome and fun to do, but it's hard to enjoy them whenever you're crashing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it's like I don't think you necessarily compare yourself to speed whenever you're over there racing these tracks because there's so much – like, they're so different. They're a lot tighter. Um Usually the whoops aren't that big, that big and uh, different track builders. So honestly, a lot changes on how you build the track, uh, which honestly is, I mean, just going back to where I'm at now with Alden and them, like, dude, these tracks are full on racetracks. Like by the end of the day, it's a full on main event, um, which I feel like helps a lot. And that's the difference between racing overseas. Like you're never going to see a track like that over here in the States. Mm-hmm. All right. Hey, dude, this has been great. I appreciate all the time. I have just one more. I have one more question, and it's kind of like the big one. Um, this is the year. Like, this is the make-or-break year. You've done everything to let it happen. And I know that, like, I kind of expect a racer answer here, and I don't, like, feel bad if you do, but you will probably not be happy with anything but winning in 2020, right? Yeah, I mean, pretty much. I mean, we already talked to the team, and the team hired me to go out there and win. That's not winning every weekend, but that's winning the championship. So whatever that, you know, takes, that's, you know, championships the goal. I'm not saying I'm not going out there to win every weekend, but if I have to settle for a second or third, you know, one weekend, you know, that's fine if it pays off in the end. But, yeah, um, dude, how much we're doing right now and what I sacrificed already, like, like you said, we're not really going out there to – uh, not not win or at least be close to it. Mm-hmm. For you, is that like a huge? Do you feel like mentally you're in a different headspace now than you've ever been before? Like I know I have to do this. Um, yeah. I mean, I'd say so. Like, I mean, I've always been confident in myself, but I didn't feel like I necessarily had the tools. Um, and honestly, Randy Oho actually said tells me this all the time. He's like, you got to have the tools in your toolbox. Um, and honestly, right now I feel like I do, like I'm gonna, you know, my toolbox is going to be full come round one. Um, so just whatever I'm dealt with, you know, I'm able to, uh, do to answer with confidence, you know, whatever that is, whether that's a doctor or, you know, my training, my strength, um, my fitness on the bike, uh, my dirt bike, really. I mean, just having confidence in that, it'll, uh, go, go a long way, um, but yeah, it's a full package right now, and uh, we're all committed. Cool. Hey, dude, I appreciate this. This has been great. I'm already looking forward to Tampa. I can't wait to see how this year goes. Yeah, me too. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me. No worries. Thanks, dude.